The reading is taken from Exodus, chapter 17, verses 8 to 16. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of my God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thank you, Io, as well. Now let's pray that God will speak to us. We praise you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. The God who rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and led them through the desert to the promised land. The God who came in Jesus and died for our sins and is risen and ascended and glorified and praying for us even now. Send your spirit on me as I speak on us as we listen. And will you help us to trust you in the battles we face? And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so last week we looked at the story of how God provided the manna, the bread from heaven, and fed the Israelites as they went through the desert. And we thought about following God's leading, even when it leads to desert times, God often does his best work in us in the difficult times. We thought about trusting God's provision, even when we can't see that we will have enough. The prayer ministry team had another picture this week of a sort of lovely oasis in a desert uh, with an arrow pointing the way where Jesus would provide uh, everything that is needed. And we are to trust God's provision, even if we can't quite see how he's going to do it. And last week we thought too about obeying his word, how he instructed the Israelites to gather the food each day and not to keep it. When they did keep it, it went bad. But then on the sixth day to gather enough for two days so they could have a Sabbath rest and learn that rhythm of one in seven. So they're learning these lessons and still on their way to meet God at Mount Sinai. Next week we'll be looking at that and God giving the Ten Commandments. But here they face a battle with the Amalekites. And we face all sorts of challenges, many of them we could call battles in our life. If you're following Nicky Gumbel's Bible in one year, you'll know that in the first week of January, he had one day headed battles and blessings. Uh, Rick Warren 
used to say he thought of the Christian life as a series of one battle followed by a blessing, followed by a battle, followed by a blessing. Uh, but now he sees it more as twin tracks. There are always blessings and there are always challenges of things we have to face. And there are lessons for us for the sort of battles we face. Now, some of the challenges we face are the same as everybody on this planet, whether Christian or not. The battles of climate change or combating racism or working against the terrible evils of sex trafficking or working against poorer countries who are mired in debt. It's terrible that some of the poorer countries can't afford the vaccine because they're making debt repayments and there is a challenge, a battle to get that changed. Uh, some of those battles, some of us are called to really weigh into ourselves particularly, others to pray more generally. Then as disciples of Jesus, there are battles we face living in a post-Christian society where some of the values of our society have been shaped by Jesus and Christian things, but increasingly other values come in, particularly to do with value of life. Uh, we find ourselves out of step with society on things like abortion or uh, how God sees marriage or increasingly the idea of euthanasia. There are challenges there. And then there are battles we face individually in our own lives, our own health, our own families, our own work situation. And perhaps the whole biggest challenge of all, are we becoming more and more like Jesus or are we being discipled more by the world? I saw a really interesting sort of documentary film called The Social Dilemma on Netflix about social media. So many wonderful uses for it, but also the way it can shape us in an ungodly way. And certainly for parents of children using social media, but frankly for anybody over the age of about 15, I commend that film, The Social Dilemma, to you to open our eyes. Are we using it or is it using us in some way? Uh, we face all of these challenges and you will know the battles you face. So I've got four thoughts from today's story for us. Uh, the first lesson is to seek God for how we are to face this battle, how we are to fight it. Uh, there's all sorts of different challenges and battles in Scripture, and God has different battle plans, as it were, for each of them. The last time the Israelites were attacked was when they left Egypt. Pharaoh had let them go, and when they'd, when they'd gone, he thought, what have I done? I'm an idiot. I've lost my slave labor force, and he sent the army out to get them back. And that potential battle, God fought for the Israelites. They didn't have to fight it. Uh, God came as a cloud in between the Israelites and the Egyptians. They didn't meet. And then he parted the Red Sea for them to escape through. Uh, just read these words that Moses said to the people of Israel, Exodus chapter 17, verse 4. Uh, Moses cried out to the... Oh, no, sorry, I've got the wrong reference here. We'll keep with this one. Moses often asks the Lord, Lord, what should I do? So in, earlier in chapter 17, he had said, um, God, what should I do? And God showed him what to do. And that's happening the whole way through. And on the edge of the Red Sea, this is how the Lord led Moses. This is chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Uh, have we got verse 13 for you? 13 there. Just, there we are. Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And then the next verse goes on to say, uh, no, that's, sorry, that's, I'm muddling it up. I'm 
challenging our technical team. I probably haven't given the right references. But God says, stand still, I will fight this battle for you. That was the one with the Egyptians. And he parted the Red Sea and they came through and the Egyptians uh, didn't get through. Uh, The Lord said he will fight for them. They need only to be still. And some of the challenges we face, God says that to us. Be still. You don't need to fight this one. I'll do it for you. But when it comes to today's story, chapter 17 again, with the Amalekites, they do have to fight this one. And God's plan is for Joshua to take some men to fight against the Amalekites while Moses prays. So from our story, chapter 17, verses 8 and 9. So the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And he's going to pray as the battle goes on. So sometimes God leads us that there are things we have to do. Or sometimes some people to actually do the work and others to really intercede. Uh, But each time we face a challenge or a battle, we need to ask the Lord, how do we face this one? Now Joshua learnt this well. So by the time he led the people of Israel over the Jordan into the promised land... He sought God for how, how do we attack Jericho? That time it was marching around with and sounding trumpets. How do we attack Ai? That time it was setting an ambush. But each time there's a different way to do things. And the fact that God has done something one way before doesn't mean he's going to do it that way again. So in the challenges you face, the first lesson is to ask God, God, how do I deal with this one? Is there a particular thing you would have me do? Should I just deal with it in prayer? Is it both and? I'm always interested reading through the Gospels how Jesus does things differently. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed Jesus heals lots of blind people in the Gospels. But he does it at least four different ways. If you're thinking, how do you do healing for a blind person? Jesus did it differently every time. Sometimes he touched them and laid his hands on them. Sometimes he just spoke and said, be well. One time he spat on the ground and made mud and put it on the person's eyes. Another time he actually spat on their eyes. I've never seen uh, that recommended in healing ministry training. But Jesus did it differently each time. We need to ask God, how do we face this challenge? I remember when I was in the Sunday school learning the verse Jeremiah 33 verse 3 where God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, that was in the olden days when phone numbers had a place name and a few numbers. So my home phone number 50 years ago was Brill 335. And in the Sunday school, we learned God's phone number was Jeremiah 333. And that verse, God says, call to me and I will answer. So whatever challenge you are facing, the first thing is to ask God, how do we face this one? Now, the second lesson for us is to remember that we live in two different realms at the same time. There's a physical world and a spiritual world, and they overlap. In the same sort of way as in your homes or wherever you're watching this from, phone signals and TV signals go through the air, radio signals. Uh, When you get your... You can't see them, but when you tune into them with a phone or a radio or a TV, then you can see what they're saying or see what they're showing. Now, in the same way, there is a spiritual world, just as there's a physical world. The physical world, we can see, touch, hear, feel, and taste. But the spiritual world is around us just as much. We can't see it with our eyes or touch it with our hands. But God is here, 
as we sang in that song, Waymaker. He is here, and the spiritual realm overlaps with the physical realm. Uh, and that makes prayer so important. If we forget about the spiritual realm and we just face our challenges, as it were, with hu in our human strength, we shouldn't be surprised that not everything goes how we would want it to. Uh, in all these massive global challenges of climate change or racism or trafficking or how social media is shaping us, we need to tackle these in prayer as well as in action, both and. And this is what we find going on with Moses and Joshua. So let's read again verses 10 to 13 of our story. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under it, him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Now there is such an important lesson that God is teaching the Israelites here and we still need to learn it today. That prayer is vital in all the challenges and battles we face. Whether it's something in your family, your marriage, your friends, your children, your work, whether it's the, for our nation, uh, whatever it is, or the whole world, whether it's praying for America, there are things that people need to do and there's prayer that needs to happen. And we need to ask God to open our eyes to the spiritual realities that are going on all around us because what happens in the spiritual realms affects the physical realms. If you've done the Living Free course or you know your Old Testament stories, you'll know the wonderful story of Elisha, the great prophet, uh, who the Lord reveals to him how the enemy armies are going to try and attack Israel. And the, the king of Aram is so fed up with this, he orders his soldiers to go and kidnap Elisha. And overnight, they come and surround the small town that Elisha is in. And when Elisha's servant wakes him up in the morning, I picture him bringing Elisha a cup of tea and opening the curtains, he looks out and sees this enemy army all around, and he's terrified. And Elisha says to him, don't worry. Those who are for us are far more than those who are against us. And he prays that the Lord would open the eyes of his servant to see the spiritual realms. And the eyes of his servant are opened and he can see the chariots of fire all around the hill as the, the, uh, the Lord's army, the heavenly hosts are there. Now that is true as Moses and Joshua were dealing with the Amalekites. The Lord's heavenly armies were there. You couldn't see them at the time. What you could see if you were there was Joshua fighting the Amalekites and Moses holding up his staff in prayer on the top of the hill uh, with Aaron and her helping him. But the key thing was that the battle was won in prayer as much as it was on the ground. There is a spiritual realm. When you become a follower of Jesus, it is wonderful good news. We are forgiven our sins. We are adopted into God's great family. God fills us with his Holy Spirit. He starts to heal us of wounds from the past, as Naomi shared earlier. But as well as making a new friend in God, we make a new enemy in the devil who is real and the forces of evil are real. You don't need to be afraid because God is far, far greater. God is infinite and the devil is finite. But we do need to be aware of what's going on. And some of you will have forgotten about the spiritual realm. 
And we need the Lord to open our eyes and to face our challenges in prayer as well as practically, to ask the Lord, what else is going on here? How do I deal with this? So that's the second lesson. Ask the Lord how to face the battle. Secondly, be aware of the two realms we live in, the material world and the spiritual world. Third lesson is that prayer is hard work, and particularly intercessory prayer is hard work, and it's very easy to give up or to leave it to others. In many senses, it's much easier to do something practically. We can see what we're doing. But praying in an unseen realm is hard. We can't see what God is doing. We don't really know if we're making progress. And keeping going is exhausting. And Moses found that on the top of the hill that day. Uh, let's read again verses 11 to 13. Uh, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other. So his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites. So here is a picture of Moses praying and it's hard work. And he needs uh, his brother Aaron and Hur, who may have been his brother-in-law, we're not quite sure, uh, another key leader of the Israelites, to hold his hands up to pray with him. And we need that. I find prayer is hard work. I find it much better to pray with people. I pray with the church wardens. I pray with clergy colleagues. I pray with staff. I pray with Juliet for our family. I, I find it easy to pray with people. That helps me to pray more than when I'm on my own. And as a church, I think we need to get much stronger at intercessory prayer. It's lovely to worship. It's good to worship. It's important to worship. It's good to thank God. It's good to confess our sins. But we need to pray for these different battles that we face individually as a church, as a nation, as a world. And we need to get stronger in prayer. Jesus indeed tells us to persist in prayer. Uh, in Luke chapter 18, he tells a parable, which Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he introduces like this. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. I think as a church, we're quite good at perhaps committing something to the Lord in prayer, but then giving up, forgetting about it. And we need to keep on praying. We need encouragement for that. Some of you are in prayer triplets or formations or prayer partnerships. That is really good. If you're part of a bigger, small group, I still encourage people to have a smaller, more intimate prayer triplet perhaps or formation to pray with. Last week, uh, we were thinking about Tim Wagg's Christian Foundations material. It's good to look at that together in threes and fours really good as well to pray for each other in threes and fours and if you'd like to be linked into a three or four you're not quite sure who do send an email to me uh, or to Jan we'll try and link you up uh, either into a bigger group or a smaller group we need each other if we just try and pray on our own we probably will give up and Jesus said there's great power when two or three come together in prayer Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 and 20 Jesus says, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, the word agree has a very deep sense. This is about agreeing with each other and the Lord that this is the right thing that God is, is leading you to. But there is a tremendous power in praying. And you have to persist in it right the way through. It's hard work and we need each other. And here's the fourth lesson for us. And this is that prayer is powerful. Verse 13, 
So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army. This is amazing. The Amalekites as a nation have been around for a while. The Israelites have just escaped from Egypt. They've been in slavery. They're not yet organized properly. They're a huge crowd with no organization. Uh, And yet they managed to defeat the Amalekites who were attacking them. Quite amazing. As Moses prayed. When Moses stopped praying, the Amalekites were prevailing. Prayer is a very, very powerful thing. And we forget that because we are so surrounded by everything we can see. We can think of the physical world as so powerful and forget the spiritual reality. But prayer is really powerful. I love the um, 19th century dictionary definition of uranium. If you've got hold of an old dictionary from 150 years ago, under uranium, it said this, a rare, dull, heavy metal with no important uses. If people from the Victorian age came back now and saw the power in uranium, they would be amazed. But I think sometimes in the church, we approach, we, we approach prayer like that as a bit rare, dull and heavy and not that important. We'll just get on and do something practical and useful instead. But prayer has this power. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works and his power comes to bear in the situation. And usually it's both and. We work and we pray. So there are times, like when God brought the Israelites through the Red Sea, when God just does it and says, just be still. Uh, You don't have to fight this one. I'm going to do it for you. Most of the time, there are practical things he calls us to do and prayer we have to challenge. Uh, We have to continue it. And we not only forget that prayer is powerful, but we easily forget God's answers to prayer. So I love this in verse 14. Uh, The Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Write it down. And so it's come down the years to us. I want to encourage you to write down or have something to remember answers to prayer by. Uh, I have a journal I write in every morning as I read the scriptures. My writing is pretty bad at the best of times and most of my journal is almost illegible. But I find as I scribble down what I think God is saying to me through the scriptures or as I pray, it just helps it go in. Uh, I tend to work uh, a bit fast and writing things down slows me down and it just helps me to, to be still before the Lord and to pray. And I've been reading through my journal from 2020 started doing it after Christmas, just about finished trying to decipher the hieroglyphics I scribbled down. Uh, One of the things that surprised me was how often God spoke to me at various periods. And as I looked at them, I found they were the periods where I tended to be a bit more still, either have a bit bit more time off or a bit of holiday or creating time. Uh, I found it was easier to hear what God was saying. Other times of busyness, there wasn't so much there. Uh, But take time before the Lord every day. Write things down if there are answers to prayer and reflect on them from time to time. And it will surprise you just how much God has done for you. Well, we're going to turn this to prayer now. What battles are you facing individually, in your family, in your workplace? What challenges nationally or internationally is God calling you to get involved with or to pray for? We come to the Lord Jesus Christ who took on all the forces of evil and defeated them on the cross and rose again and is sitting at the right hand of God the Father praying for us, praying for me even now as I'm preaching, praying for you where you are in what you face. Let's just commit these to him now. 
We praise you, Lord God, our Father, that you are infinite and that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the reminder of this story, that there is a spiritual dimension as well as a practical physical one in most of the challenges or battles we face. And we pray that you would show us which battles you're causing us, calling us to get involved in, and which ones you're not. Show us where you would have us do particular things and get involved practically. Show us where you would have us pray more. And we pray for every member of our church family that you will so guide us that all of us have a prayer partner or triplet or formation as well as a bigger group, uh, people to pray things through with. So when we grow tired, we can be encouraged to persist in prayer. And as a church, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would take us deeper in prayer, that we'd be better at discerning how you want us to operate, that whatever the new normal looks like, uh, when we look back, we'll see how you've prepared us for it. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we sing our last song, the song Living Hope, that Jesus who has defeated evil, as we look to him, gives us hope in whatever we are facing.